You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. And you got Sam and Steve here to talk about the ALCS bound Yankees. They just completed their Game 5 victory over the Cleveland Guardians. Sam, we are still alive. How you doing, man? We are still alive, and I am going to send Terry Francona a fruit basket. I am doing amazing, Steve. I would like to first give thanks to Terry Francona for not starting Shane Bieber on Tuesday in Game 5 on three days rest. He goes with Adam Savali, who absolutely implodes in the first inning. He faces five batters. There is no person I want to give thanks more to him. Uh, I might call up the Guardians public relations staff, see if he wants, you know, a a cup of coffee on me or if there's anything I can do for that (laughs) man. I would love to know because that was a mind-boggling decision. And I'm not complaining. The Yankees are moving on. No travel day. We're going to get into this ridiculous schedule in this episode, but I'm doing fantastic, and I, and I hope Terry Francona is still doing well too. Yeah, what a weird series versus versus the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, um, Yankees took it in five, went down two one. Talk a little bit about each game here, some of the mishaps here. I think it's a series the Yankees should have swept, um, and then at the same time got lucky that they won. Uh, you know, game one, Cole came out and, and did what we needed him to do as, as the ace. Came out, pitched a great first game. Uh, you know, Rizzo hit, hits a home run. Uh, Josh, Josh uh, Harris, sorry, Harrison Bader hits a home run. Uh, and the Yankees are off with a nice 4-1 victory here. So plenty to talk. Then, then, then the rain. Then there's rain. So, Sam, we actually have to postpone the podcast because it's raining. So we're going to have to do it again tomorrow morning uh, because we, the, the rain that happened in New York here. But somehow that debacle – let leads to a Yankees victory. In the end, crucial decision for the Yankees to pick Nestor Cortez in Game 5 um, on three days rest. And like you said, Terry Francona didn't want to risk the arm of Shane Bieber, who is the same age as Cortez and a, and a former Cy Young Award winner, uh, rides the bench here in a decision that he will definitely be be thinking about. Um, but let's pick out a couple, couple big moments. Um, maybe start with where we thought it was all going to go wrong. That, that, that first Nestor Cortez and Shane Bieber game, the the Yankees lose 4-2 to in 10 innings. They, you know, get that early home run from Stanton, and, you know, things couldn't be higher for that Yankee, the Yankee team. Uh, you know, Stanton, once again, provides that this guy is a postseason juggernaut. He may not be hitting for average, but we know he's hitting home runs, and he's hitting them early in games. Uh, Yankees lost that game, but ultimately great to see Stanton produce and then he produced again in game five with a devastating another first inning home run uh give me your thoughts uh, on Giancarlo and his impact on this team I said a bunch of times the Yankees are going to go the way Judge and Stanton go and look at the way the both of them went Tuesday afternoon each of them hitting a solo home run the Yankees in game three as well when it really should have been four or five nothing guardians after a few innings that's why the walk-off although it was tough to swallow you think back to that and it was kind of balanced out judge with a two-run home run to tie that game uh unfortunately it didn't mean anything but Stanton getting things started in game two and it wasn't the best 
hitting series for the both of them. Judge uh, finished the series, his batting average, he hit 200. Stanton hit 125. But Stanton's really, only two hits were home runs, which is fine. He, I'm fine with that. If he he's a, fly too. I'm totally yeah. okay with that. So, like, the numbers, oh, Aaron Judge is hitting 200. Stanton's hitting 125. No, look at the hits they have produced to help the Yankees in games, and that was evident as ever on Tuesday. And Giancarlo Stanton in the playoffs is just a different breed. He, he was not offering it any of Savali's junk in that at-bat, and he sent one a laser out to right field to give the Yankees a 3 nothing lead in what was essentially the hit that won the game. I know the Guardians threatened in the third inning. Could have been worse there. They got a couple hits off the wise game in the sixth, but you texted me. It was great to have a stress-free final few innings, especially with what the bullpen gave us in Cleveland in that game three. So my thoughts on Stanton are, are if this continues, if we keep getting home runs every game, every other game out of both of these guys, the Yankees are going to win the World Series. <laughs> I'd see it. But it's 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 exactly that. Like Stanton – he has 11 home runs with a 1.028 OPS in 23 postseason games with the Yankees. He's saying a home run like he's in every other game, essentially. Uh, and that's what the Yankees need from it. Look, he, he is him. He is what he is at this point. Of During the season, he had some, some good stints of making you know really nice you know line drive singles and doubles here. But if he's a home run or nothing guy for the Yankees and they know it, then that's fine. Um, and if you're an opposing team, like it was, it almost felt pretty... Obvious that a home run, a big home run, a big hit was coming in that first inning. That we know that that the Yankees were going to attack early and, and try and score early, obviously to to get you know with, with the, the the pitcher on the mound here. But the the bolt the sorry the pitching coach comes out two uh, zero to to talk to the the whole in, the Guardians team, and you're like, oh, he's definitely telling them like, hey, calm down, get a strike over the plate, let's get out of this inning. You know, trust your stuff. And he was like, okay, cool. I'm going to trust this pitch right here. And when you come out and talk to a pitcher like that, in Stanton's mindset, he's just going to be like, I'm going to smoke this fucking pitch. And I feel like he did that a lot this season of like, all right, here's my one pitch. It's coming right now. And if he doesn't hit that pitch out for a home run, I'm going to guess he strikes out. That's just that's just he, he takes it and he's like, all right, I'm going to go the other way too. He's like, all right, if, you, if this ball is outside – I'm way too strong for these idiots. I can just flip this over the wall. And he smoked it. Like, yeah, it, went out, it would have been a home run in about 10 parks. That was an absolute line drive. I don't care where you're playing that, that, this game. That's at minimum uh, a one or two run double. Um, he absolutely crushed that ball and it put the Yankees on a, a great path to, to victory here. Um, and it was the same, same kind of situation in, in game two. Um, with Bieber, Bieber tries to make a, an early pitch just to get just to get a strike on the board for, for Stanton, and Stanton just flips it over the wall. Um, he, he's smart in that aspect of it. He, he knows this is what I can do here. Um, and like you say, playoff Stanton's been a different animal. So we're looking forward to see what he can do with that, his at bats uh, the rest of the way. The other guy that we got to talk about from the lineup perspective that made a huge impact, opposite of a Stanton and Judge of things we expected to happen, is, is Harrison Bader is become a stud in front of our eyes here and proving that Cashman was 100% right in trading Jordan Montgomery for him, even though he was injured. Um, the, the Bronxville kid, three home runs, absolutely owns 
Cal Quantrill uh, in his career in all, in all series. Just an awesome, awesome welcome to the Yankees, Harrison Bader. This is playoff baseball series for him. If you were going to pick one guy that could surprise offensively this series, I double down on Josh Donaldson for the 500th time <laughs> this year. Although he did, aside from that <clears throat> blunder, he was getting on base for the Yankees. Uh, that that was hard to deny. He was putting the ball in play. But back to Bader, he was not missing mistakes over the middle of the plate. And that two-run home run in game four in Cleveland was just a sight to see that hanging breaking ball, and he launched it up that tall wall. He's the Yankees' everyday center fielder. That's very Next year too. Two more walks in game five. Great defense out there. And you were right. The Brian Cashman just came out and said, and I think Aaron Boone might have relayed it through him. He said if Montgomery wasn't getting a start in October – he was going to look to flip him for help. And center field's a premium position. They did not want Judge out there every day. And again, no credit, no discredit to Judge. He, he played fine in center field, but he's just, I'd say he's a slightly above average center fielder. He he makes a decent range. But like, he's a f- much better right fielder. And Harris, Harrison Bader is one of the best center fielders in, in baseball defensively. So, like, it wasn't just even like, hey, let's move. We don't want Judge to be out there too often. It's like this makes the team much better, which which is what it was key. And that was Cashman's whole point of the whole deadline is like, look, we're going to the playoffs no matter what at this point. We just need to build a team that's going to win in the playoffs. And that didn't involve Jordan Montgomery. And it, it involved Harrison Bader, who is – when we looked at the stats kind of as he's coming over, he kind of felt like a, a, a light hitter. But you forget, in 2001 – in 100 games, he had 16 home runs. So he's got some pop. And he's showing that early here in the playoffs. He is. I did not expect much from him offensively. If he was around 240, 250 with above average defense at the premium position in center field, I would have been fine. But three home runs in five games played in this American League Division Series. Minute Maid Park is, is a tough center field to play. Yes. That is when he's really going to come in handy as well. So they have him. He, he was batting ninth a couple of times. That was in game two. But he's really found that niche in that seven hole, which I think he's going to be in um, going forward. You look at this lineup, they move Aaron Judge out of the leadoff spot after game two. That's another change. And Torres has been leading off. I think – Hitters one through five are going to stay relatively the same, even six and seven, which would happen to Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. We're going to get all into everything. But these top seven hitters in the lineup, for the most part, are are, going to see the same. And I I love Bader in that seven hole. Yeah, I think the the final point on Bader defensively goes going back to game one. Um, it, it doesn't seem like that important of a play in the whole scheme of the series, but I, I truly think it was. In, in that third inning, after Quan hits the home run here, they had a couple runners on, and I believe it was uh, Jose Ramirez kind of laces one into the gap. And, and Bader cuts it off and throws it in, so it's second and third. But if that's Judge or if that's Aaron Hicks out there in center, that ball likely gets past them, and it becomes a 2 nothing game which is a much different feel when with, with the way Garrett Cole kind of has pitched sometimes this year than just, oh, I gave up a home run, but we got out of it with only one run. K- keeping that crooked number off the board in the third was massive. 
And when you're just looking at it with the naked eye, it didn't really seem like it was that impactful of a play. But then as you kind of review some of the stuff later on, you, you realize that Bader covered a ton of ground and got that ball in stupid quick into the into there. So with only with one out, they, they held the runner, uh, Rosario, at, at, at third. And it just proved to be a huge play. And it's just little plays like that that, you know, it, you don't necessarily see real quick off the get-go. But huge, huge stick, huge play there. And that, that's why he's out there. That's, you know, the home runs are awesome. And his home run in the third inning to tie that game in game one you know, it was a momentum changer too. But the, the, the defensive plays are what we're looking for. And as you mentioned, Minute Maid, there's a lot of space out there. Um, and there might be uh, – the, the left field might need some help too. So he hit, relying on him defensively is going to be huge and at this point still take whatever we get for granted offensively. But he fits, fits in great with the, with the team and, and in the clubhouse. So this, was a, this is a win for, for the Yankees from the get-go. I love um, how you mentioned that play in game one. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's those little hustle plays. Uh, Aaron Hicks had a play like that today in left field when he cut that ball. He off. did, yeah. He got hurt. Um, they, they ended up loading the bases that inning. But it, we're never going to take good defense in the outfield for granted, and I want to make sure to touch on this. But what the hell is going on? With shallow fly balls hit the left, dude. Field. The bloops, the bloops are finding everything. It's like the Bermuda Triangle out there. Um, I don't think we're gonna see that many of those with the Astros, but boy, the, the Guardians knew how to place those things like a pin drop. And and honestly, if it wasn't for those, you know, the Yankees smoke them. Um, it, it doesn't become this stressful. Those bloops there, you know, uh, Jose Ramirez. I'm not. Yeah, he like. Um, it looked like he had a bad series because his hits were were really only those bloops. Um, and if it wasn't for those bloops, he had a really bad series. Um, so overall, um, we, if we avoid those bloops, then we'll be good defensively. Um, we, let's quickly talk on Hicks there too. He's, he's not going to be playing. He's out. Rough, rough break for him. I know that, you know, the, the fans are ready to kick him off the team and have been ready for, for that for a while. But... It don't honestly. It sucks when when it happens due to injury. He he was he was booking it for the for that play there. It was his ball. Um, it sucks that his possibly his Yankee career comes down to that. And him in the clubhouse was very you could tell was was really bummed out. Yeah, and and sticking with that injury and the spin out of all of it um, to get it out of the way, they put Marwin Gonzalez out there in left field, which tells you all they need, all you need to know about how they feel about Isaiah Kinefalafa right now. And when you're looking at injury updates, Andrew Benintendi supposedly is still feeling pain. He just got a new shot. If you were to ask me one hitter, one player I could bring back, it would be him. Over DJ LeMahieu and I agree. Yes. That was – I would bring him back, especially what's um, been the revolving door in left field. And it's going to be interesting to see how – the Yankees attack that. Boone did not rule out Giancarlo Stanton playing left field in Houston, although that's a I'll believe it when I see it uh, point. I'm not sure they're going to go back to Kiner Falefa at shortstop. Maybe you platoon Gonzalez and LeCastro out there in left field, but it's been seven, eight weeks since Benintendi's injury, and I'm really bummed that he could not make it back. Yeah, that is it is a bummer. Um, he was perfectly pushing to hopefully be back for the ALCS. But look, if he's not going to be back for the ALCS, if we want to get 
get cocky, and I don't think he's going to be back for the World Series that he appointed away. So I, I've had him off on my mind. And, and then look, if you want to, yeah, let's stick stick with the topic here. Uh, in, I, I think we do see Stanton for maybe one game out in left field. Houston has a a big center field, like you said, but it has a short left field and much smaller than than Yankee Stadium. So if if I'm the Yankees, uh, do you risk putting Stan out there for either game one or two? Or, or I don't think they play him back to back. So maybe game one or game two, you have Stanton in left, and then you have Carp at DH with, with uh, Cabrera at shortstop. Because look, you tell Stanton, look, stand in the middle here. We'll position you a little bit. Essentially, if the ball's over your head, it's either a home run or or, or a double. So don't worry about those, um, and just just catch what's in front of you, which is a, sh- a shallow ground. So. He's got a decent arm, so he can make some throws with that that kind of short thing. But this seems like an easier left field to play. So if you're the Yankees here, do you do, you do that game one or two? Or do you wait it out and see if it's needed for game six and seven? And But if that's not the case, then then you have Cabrera back out there and Connor Falefa back at shortstop. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what do you think they're doing there. Um, and then obviously that means you get Carpenter at DH who did not look good in his two pinch hits, which is I know is a really tough situation to put him in, but it'll be another decision the Yankees have to make with the lineup. I've said it a bunch of times tonight. That's a I'll believe it when I see it situation. The left field is shallow, but he better be feeling 155 yeah. million percent okay to play left field because can you imagine the headlines if he comes into the game and it's a hamstring tightening it up, and he's out for a game or two. It will be absolutely ruthless out there on social media and in the paper. So I'm fine with him playing left field. Do I think they do it? My mind tells me yes. My gut tells me no. I think it's an emergency situation. I think you go into it. I know fans won't won't like it, but I think you go into it with Cabrera and IFK uh, IKF as your your left field shortstop situation here. Uh, I don't think Carpenter's really ready to run the bases. Um, I mean, I mean, play a full nine innings out in the field. So I think it's Stanton or, or nothing. So it's, it's something you have to look forward to. I could try and look up some numbers here to see how they both those guys, you know, how Carpenter does versus you know, guys like Verlander and see if maybe there's a matchup here where it makes sense. But but overall, it's you know left field and shorts. The shortstop is the biggest issue here. Cabrera looked comfortable at short, even though he had look he had a, he had a, he booted the ball in game five. That was an error. It was called a hit, and then he had the miscommunication in left field. So he had two misplays at, at shortstop. So it doesn't matter who's playing shortstop. The it seems like it's a little bit of an issue for the Yankees. Um, did, did that day and a half off for Connor Falefa get his head right? We'll have to see if if, if Boone thinks so. Because if he thinks so, then he plays. Because look, we, we just talked about how the Guardians blue pit, you know, us until we were ready to cry. That that's what IKF does, and you know, he he kind of you know was second in the team in, in hits this series, even though he didn't play uh, a lot of it because of uh, those blue pits. So it'll be interesting to see what the Yankees do with the lineup there. I think the rest of the lineup kind of stays the same, like you said. Not much really to talk about. But back to the, let's get to the pitching here for first. First the Guardians, and then we'll finish it up with uh, versus the Astros here. First and foremost, Garrett Cole is that guy. He is that ace. That is why you pay him. Just elite stuff from him in game one and and game four. 16 strikeouts or over 13 in the third innings. Uh, looked electric all around and, and was warming up and said he was coming into the game to face Stephen Kwan if he got on base in game five. So just uh, I would put Cole 
as the ALDS MVP based on his two performances. You have to, especially with how the Yankees had their backs against the wall Sunday night in game four. He was everything they hoped for and and more. And what was really impressive to me, uh, Severino had an outing like this in game three, too. Cole uh, was at 50-something pitches through three innings against the Guardians in game one. And he not only got through five innings, that's kind of the magic number in the playoffs. You want your starting pitcher to get 15 outs. And reverting away from Cole for a second, every Yankee starting pitcher this series completed five innings. Forever. And I mean forever. It was only Masahiro Tanaka who did that over like a span of 15 Yankees postseason starts. Well, that was the thing with Jordan Montgomery was he'll give you four and a third innings and you had to take him out. Exactly. So I cannot believe every Yankee starter got through at least five innings. But Cole was in the mid-50s after three innings in game one. And he not only gets you through the fifth, he pitches into the seventh. Eight strikeouts, one walk. He is the ALDS MVP. He tossed 13 and a third innings um, in this series. So 16 strikeouts. He only walked two hitters. Just... He was tough as nails, and I think we're going to see him three times in this Astro series. Ooh, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough. I think you, I, without that, we talked about it just before getting on air. Without that extra travel day, I don't know where you get it because right now it looks like you have Tyone, game one, Sevy game two on normal rest, Cole, game three on extra rest. There's no way you get him. How do you get him a third time? He, he, he would have to pitch – Game seven on semi-short rest. I totally forgot about the no travel day between <laughs> three and seven, which we talked about that before coming on. I mean, how how crazy is this? Stupid. This is insanity. This is insanity. You made the point to me before we came on. Imagine if they were playing Seattle, what you said. Six-hour hour flight and then play. <laughs> that is just absurd, but... Cole was tough as nails uh, at least twice in the series. Hopefully the Yankees take care of it sooner. But, uh, but, but I, I think it's nice that you have him at Game 7. Uh, you know, that he is lined up to be your Game 7 starter, which is what you want as a Yankee. You, you, you want that to be it. You don't want to have to go into a situation kind of like what we had here. Of, you know, you know Jamison Tyone, who we'll get to in a second, is going to have to pitch a lot this series. But, like, you want your number one guy to be there in Game 7. And I think we'll get that. Um, you also want him to be in game one, but you know you can't you, you can't pick every battle here. But uh, electric stuff from Garrett Cole. He he's here to win. He he's put up the, the the weird notion that Garrett Cole can't pitch in the playoffs is ridiculous. Look at his just look up his. I'm not even gonna bother reading him to you. Look at his freaking playoff numbers. He's he's phenomenal. He's one of the best playoff pitchers in the past 30 years. He he he's he's doing his his job when he gets the ball in the playoffs, um, and that's important. And then the Yankees have two aces, Nestor Cortez. Did a phenomenal job. The Yankees weren't able to blow it. He had one bad pitch to the Guardians in, ga- in Game Two, which was the, the the home run in the fifth inning there. But but other than that, you know, he, he was electric. Um, they stopped him at sixty one pitches because he did pitch at three days rest. But Cortez was going six seven innings or eight innings. If this was a normal game, he he looked great on the, the from the get go. The only hiccup was when he had the, the delay for the collision out in left field with, with Aaron Hicks. So he, he looked electric. Um, I'm ex- the only the big bummer here is you only get Cortez one game in this series now because he had to pitch on this rain out game five. 
Yeah, and the Yankees were able to bring him back on three days rest for this one. And I was scratching my head as to why they did not put him back out there, but I then agreed with him. It was the bullpen's job at that point, and he did pitch on three days rest. And I was on my way somewhere. I was having a heart attack when Lewiska <laughs> let the first two runners on. And it was the most challenging part of the lineup. He had faced Quan three times, and it was the Rosario-Ramirez-Gonzalez combo that he would have had to face again. But Loiska took care of that, and it was a pretty stressful, free final few innings. Yeah, I mean, Loiska's been... Like you said, yeah, we're probably only going to see him once this series, unless he starts game four and then is an option in a potential game seven in relief. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think we'll be looking at here. You know, it was almost, you know, not like if you could guarantee that the Yankees win the the rainout game on Monday with Jamison Tyone on the mound, then that kind of sets up the Yankees awesome Cortez game one, Seve game two, and Cole game three. But you can't risk that which kind of seems like what the Guardians did with Bieber is set him up to be the game one starter and not risk him on three days rest here, which obviously failed. So happy the Yankees, even though it burns Cortez for the most of this series, this is a guy that will grab the ball whenever you ask him to, um, which was great. And then he led it. He gave that ball to Jonathan Loizaga, who looks great, absolutely great. Pitched in four, game, four to the five games. He gave up some hits, but was able to pitch five scoreless innings um, across the four games here, it looked looked great. Um, the hits were, weren't you know concerning to me. Like oh, he he looks like he has his elite stuff back. And every time he came in, it was versus the heart of the order. He seems to be the most trusted guy for that situation. You know, Boone is doing the smart smart thing and picking his relievers to pitch to the harder you know versus the lineup, not for the inning, which is something we've been praising for years. You know, forget the closer role, pitch the pitched the best pitchers versus the best hitters. And that's the Yankees did all series. And they leaned heavily on this bullpen. So let's talk about this bullpen a little bit here. Loizaga, five innings. Peralta, six innings. Pitched all five games. Uh, Clay Holmes, three and a third innings. Clark Schmidt, one and one third. And Lou Trevino, surprisingly only one inning for Trevino. I thought we would see him more. Um, so he's he's going to be pretty fresh. I think we'll see him a lot in this Houston series. But they, they really rode... Wandy Peralta and Loizaga, um, this this series, which was and they performed well. Peralta gave up two runs in that they, they in that um, uh, in the game where the in game three where the Yankees blew it, but other than that, he looks phenomenal. And Wandy pitching every game is just typical Wandy. Yeah, and he came in to close out that game four win in Cleveland. He threw seven pitches and struck out a batter. He he he's just been a warrior. I texted you about him after game four. The Yankees, some fans acted like they, they traded Stan Musel when they moved Mike <laughs> Hoffman for him. And at quick glance, I looked him up once this year. He's playing, no, but, Mike Talkman's playing in Japan. He's not even a, he's not even a major league player. <laughs> exactly. So, we got Wadi Peralta closing out division series. Yeah. So, looking at the bullpen... Wandy is the one guy you can trust him against lefties, trust him against righty. He's he puts that sinker down in the zone. So, Josh Josh Naylor didn't stand a chance versus Peralta, and he faced him three times. Didn't stand a chance. Um, so you know he could. Wandy literally rocked him to sleep every every time, 
which is what, <laughs> what the Yankees needed to. Clay Holmes looked good. The Yankees didn't want to use him in back-to-backs, which is a little concerning considering there's possibility of five straight games in the ALCS. Um, uh, hopefully Boone takes the wheels off for him because he looked okay. The, the biggest mistake the Yankees made was, was I think, pitching going with Tyone in game two in that 10th inning. It should have been Clark Schmidt to come out to get that inning, even though Clark gave up the, the game three disaster. I, I still have faith in, in Clark, um, but I think he should come in kind of in a clean inning. And that they, I think the Yankees tried to get a little smart with Tyone in the extra innings where that should have been Clark because that was kind of his role most of this season. But but other than that, not really complaining about the bullpen usage. You know, Lucas Licky and Miguel Castro didn't even warm up. Um, and either, and Herman warmed up a little bit when Severino looked like he wasn't going to get through two innings, but Severino figured it out and got through almost six. So those guys are technically fresh, you know, maybe, but I think we see maybe Lou Trevino before we see either one of those. And I can see, obviously, I could think hopefully Ron Marinaccio is okay and that will remove Castro from the, from the roster. He's in. Boone said earlier today he's, he's going to be in. So Perfect. that's going to be a big plus he had some shin issues in the final week ron marinaccio is going to be on the alcs roster in terms of any other roster changes i know we touched on the position players earlier does anything stand out to you aside from marinaccio dj lemayhew is still not a hundred percent uh we talked about andrew benintendi aside from marinaccio do you see I don't Eddie. think Montez is easy on the other like, pitcher that you can possibly add. Yes. I don't think – I don't think, you know, when are you going to use him? You're only going to use him in a disaster kind of set. You're not going to use him other than that. So I, I kind of would have the same confidence in Domingo Herman, who, who's pitched more. I, I'm not, I don't love having a guy that's been on the shelf for a month come in. So I don't think you're going to use him, so why bother having him? Where I can see Herman coming in possibly. So um, – so I think that's kind of it. So that, that, that kind of essentially shuts down Frankie for for the the year. I mean, I, I you know what? I do you put him on there in case Tyone shits the bed game one and you don't want to start him game game five? Look, because game game one starter is going to have to go game five. Do you put him on there as an emergency for have if, if Tyone just can't just get shelled game one? Do you start game five as, as Montez as an opener? That's the only scenario I think you have, but I think that's playing for failure, and I'd rather play for victory. I get that mindset. And who would you take off for Montas? Um, you obviously are going to take off Castro for Marinaccio. And... It, it's got to be Licky, right? They didn't use him. He's, he's decent lefty. You know, There were plenty of times where they can get a lefty-lefty matchup, and they went Peralta every time. So I would have to be Licky. I, I like having two kind of lefties out there. So that's why I just don't think it's happening. I, I don't think you'll see Frankie on there. Um, but it, I'm actually a little surprised that we didn't see Licky for uh, a lefty to end an inning scenario. He, he's kind of that's kind of been his role for it. But we'll. Uh, that, that's the only place I can see that. I agree. And Lemayhew, I just don't see coming back. Um, if they were to bring him back, you could put. Marwin Gonzalez uh, off the roster, uh, but now you have a situation in left field that was before the, yeah. the left field situation. I, I'm not, I'm not sure who's coming off for an injured Lemayhew. Maybe if you got really aggressive, it would be Kiner Falefa and Oswaldo Cabrera would be the only shortstop. But 
I don't. I'm, I, don't I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to Stanton and Stanton and Carpenter. If they say I can definitely give you one game in left field, then I think you might risk it with DJ. And you have the way that Carpenter was, you know, your your super sub at bat. Maybe you just have DJ there waiting on the bench if needed. Um, but yeah, I agree. Hicks is Hicks is going to come off. Hicks is going to come off. Right. So no, so, so, so DJ at, could take Hicks's spot. Yeah. And then that leaves Marwin out there too, if you needed for you know that left field situation. Um, sadly, I don't think everybody's going to want Oswald Peraza. He, he, I don't think that's an option. I think the Yankees will, will definitely go with Cabrera at shortstop if if that's the way they want, and then they'll they'll make it work in left field. I don't think you'll see Cabrera in left field and Peraza at, at short as as an option this year. Yeah, a lot of people are calling for that, I see, but I, I don't see it happening, a, a rookie shortstop. But that's what you have right now, too, with Oswaldo Cabrera and yeah. Oswald Peraza's natural shortstop. So do they get really aggressive? Is there a slight chance they get really aggressive? I'm, I'm leaning no, but I'm going to be really interested to see what this ALCS roster looks like. Probably – Come to right around when this is released. Yeah, yeah, it's something we, we obviously gonna gonna have to look for. Let's talk a little bit about Houston. Houston beat Seattle in a very competitive sweep. Probably one of the most competitive sweeps I think I've ever seen. They needed a walk off home run by Jordan Alvarez, an absolute smoke missile down two in the ninth inning with two outs, and he wins them that series that that game. He hits another bomb in game two. And then Game Three versus Seattle is an epic 18-inning, one-nothing affair. Um, my takeaways from that are Justin Verlander did not look very good, which is a good sign, um, and, and Altuve didn't look very good, which is a good sign. But those are two absolute veteran Hall of Famers that can turn it on at the flip of a switch. So overall, you know, Houston has the benefit of the rest. They have home field advantage, and they have the history of beating the Yankees the past you know, two of the past five years in the ALCS, which which makes them pretty heavy favorites. You can get the Yankees plus 155, I saw, uh, on some betting sites. Uh, just looking now here, FanDuel has them at plus 135. So the Yankees are pretty pretty big underdogs. Um, and it's understand why. The Astros have the best record in baseball, I mean, in the AL this year. They have the Cy Young winner in Justin Verlander on Full rest, but what what, what else have you seen from the Astros and, and that series? Like credits to the Mariners, that would have been a great series. If Mariners could win one of those games, you know that 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 series completely changes. You know the, the, the 18th inning is a is a pure luck, you know toss up game and bad bad manager decision to have Robbie Ray go out there cold for versus Alvarez that cost them game one. My takeaway is Jordan Alvarez is the most terrifying hitter in <laughs> good 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 takeaway. I think. Maybe not all of baseball, but but I mean he's top five. I mean you, you rattle off names in the American League: Trout, Judge, Otani, and Jordan Alvarez. His name is right there. I said to my buddy last week, he's kind of like a big poppy who plays the field. This guy has a violent swing. He turns his back in just a little bit and he unloads. I still don't think that walk off home run in Game One has landed. So. How we talked about the Yankees pitching Jose Ramirez carefully, it's going to be, yeah. I mean, extra careful with, with Alvarez. I'm not sure how much you you, you let him hit. Everything's got to be away, but he 
also has ridiculous opposite field power. And you, he, just, you just hope guys aren't on base. You just hope guys aren't on base because if guys are on base this series, he's going to hit one. Uh, he, he Keeping him in the ballpark for even four games w- w- would be would be hard to do. Yeah, you, you look Yan- at the Yankees kept Ramirez in the ballpark all, all huge. All which we, we said last time was was massive. Keeping in the ballpark yeah. was it was a huge key. Um, but uh, it's going to be even tougher with Alvarez, who's got thirty seven home runs, um, and kind of the opposite way uh, of Ramirez being a switch hitter is he really didn't have power from that right hand side. So if you could throw a lefty out there, it kind of limited his power. But Alvarez hit ten of his thirty seven home runs versus lefties. But he batted 321 versus lefties versus 299 versus righties. So he loses the power, but he becomes a better hitter. It's just it's uh, it's remarkable the, the, the player that he's become. You know the former you know the Dodgers probably wish they had him still in their organization. They gave up on him pretty early. Um, but yeah, absolute key. Um, we know Altuve is going to be a thorn in the Yankees side, but Air uh, Jordan could be a much bigger thorn for for Yankee pitchers here. You know him smacking a ball off Garrett Cole seems seems obvious, and Garrett Cole we just praised him. It sounds like it seems like he's going to hit a 400 foot home run off Garrett Cole, and as you as you said, you, you better make sure there's nobody on base when that when that when that bomb comes. Um, if the Yankees are able to limit him, it's anybody's anybody's ball game. They haven't officially announced what their rotation will be. The general consensus seems to be obviously Justin Verlander going game one. Looking for a little redemption after struggling in Game One versus the Mariners and got bailed out by Alvarez with that walk-off home run. Game Two, it, he is uh, Lance McCullers Jr. is our guest at this time of this recording. He pitched Game Three in, in the Wild Card Series, but he was under the weather, so he was supposed to pitch Game Two, but he, they pushed him back a day. It looked like so he'll, he'll likely go Game Two versus Severino, um, and then. Uh, then game three is Severi. No, sorry. Game three would then be Cole versus Fromber, who who's got nasty stuff for for them too. So, uh, uh, going to be elite bats and elite pitching. This is it's just you know kind of a pick your poison for both teams of, of how you want to look at this roster. Yeah, they also have Christian Javier waiting in the wings too, who absolutely yep. diced up the Yankees twice this season. So. That's pretty scary. Their their number four guy is a lot better than the Yankees' number four guy, in, in and, and our number four guy is is going game one, <laughs> which is just, which is just a crapshoot. Which just goes into this. I know it's because of the lockout, but holy cow, this scheduling is absolutely nuts. I mean, MLB can't have anything like this ever again. I know the lockout played a factor. Weather also played a factor. Steve, I went to Marlins Park for the first time last month, and I was there, and I asked myself the question, should we have a traditional baseball setting, outdoors, everything, or should it look like this, like a state-of-the-art facility? I am now of the belief that if you build a new stadium in Major League Baseball, it is mandated that you must have a retractable roof. Who are you? You're, I, on, you're on team roof. What'd you say? You're on team roof. Retractable roof. I mandate it. Mandate it, mandate it, mandate it. Maybe put one at Yankee Stadium. I know some people would go fucking nuts. But put one at Yankee Stadium. They put one over Arthur Ashe. 
maybe you could put one over Yankee Stadium and and build one. I, I don't see it happening, but I understand it all. Um, I would love to see how many playoff games have gotten rained out in the history of the Yankees. Like, we're in the playoffs basically every year. Uh, I don't really remember rainouts for, for big playoff games. So Game five against the Astros in 2019 is one that comes to mind. There you go. So you're on top of your game. You came with the facts. Um, but, yeah, this, this one sucks. But, he, uh, yeah. Um, we obviously won't have to deal with any rainouts in Houston because they have the roof there, and you, you never know. We're we're getting to the end of October here. What could be like in New York? Maybe we get another rainout, and that's able to get us Cortez to to pitch two games instead of one. So maybe we want the rain now with this weird scheduling. Um, but it, it doesn't favor the Yankees at this time. The, you know the, the pitching matchup doesn't really favor the Yankees. Um, their bullpen is rested. Where like we said, we have pro. Peralta going every day, Luis got basically going every day, and say the same for for uh, Clay Holmes, who is going to be pitched a lot too. Um, it is the bugaboo. This, this is the bugaboo of, of the Yankees. You know, if it wasn't for the Astros, you could say the Yankees have at least one title. I'd say, I'd say out of the you know between 2017 and 2019, I, I predict the Yankees would have would have won at least one of those World Series if they, if they got past the Astros. So this is it. This is what Judge was alluding to after he says this is what they need to do they, you know if you want to beat the be the best you got to beat the best and that that's Houston right now we know Altuve is going to come up big at some standpoint we just have to be glad that all this Chapman won't be pitching to him right <laughs> oh my god I still have visions of that home run uh, you look at the Astros and I was just thinking of, of this today it's going to be the third time the Yankees and Astros meet since 2017 the Detroit Tigers gave me caused me so much hell in my childhood early teen years they beat the Yankees in 2006 2011 and 2012 well now Justin Verlander is on the Astros in 2017-19 and of course he was also on those Tigers teams so when you're thinking about one guy that has stopped many Yankees teams in the past it's Justin Verlander and can this be can the sixth time be the charm against Verlander and can the third time be the charm against the Astros it's really crazy to look at like when you I mean I feel like it gets lost in the shuffle of how all those years the Yankees were eliminated you of course had what happened against Boston you had the Angels that one year Uh, you had the Cleveland in 2007 but I mean, the Tigers took care of them in three postseasons in a six-year span. And it's now the third postseason in a six-year span or five-year span against the Astros. So crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is it is the, the, the final boss that, that, the, that the Yankees have. Is our, these are the rivals. This is what we've been, been looking for. For it, you know, if you you, I want it this way. You, you I want to beat the Astros. I think that would be huge. Uh, I want to beat the Astros, and I want to win the World Series. That you know, obvious facts here. But it, it would be, it would just check off a lot of boxes. If we went on, if they happened to lose to the Mariners and the Yankees beat the Mariners, there would still be a lot of talk of like, ah, you didn't do it versus the Astros. You know, you still haven't, you know, got that monkey off your back type bullshit. So. The, the, the cards are stacked against us, and it's look, the Yankees should never be underdogs because they're the New York Yankees, but they are big underdogs going into this series. 
uh, given the, just the overall look. The Astros, the Astros lost their starting field, the starting all-star center fielder and George Springer. They let Carlos Correa walk, um, and they were able to replace those guys pretty, pretty effortlessly. Um, and it's going to be interesting because that's kind of the, the model the Yankees want to take from shortstop. Is Look, they didn't go after Correa because they had their own young guys they want to pull up here too. Um, they're, they're a year behind than everybody wants them to be. But look, it worked out perfect for the Astros. Hey, we're going to let Correa go, and we're going to have Pena come right in and take the job and play a full season. It's not fair. We're going to see a ton, a ton of comparisons of like, oh, look at the Astros playing a rookie at shortstop, but the Yankees refused to let Peraza play this series. Like, completely different situations. Pena was up in major leagues all year where Peraza was in double A to start the year. Um, but we're going to see a ton of those takes out there. Um, especially if the Yankees lose. So let's get the win, get the win there. So wrap it up, Sam. We uh, are no off days. Game coming up right after you listen to this podcast. First pitch is going to be happening here. Give me your prediction for the Yankees-Astros round three in the ALCS. I'm not going to pick against the Yankees. Uh, This is a Yankees podcast. I'm just not. Yankees in seven. Garrett Cole is the ALCS MVP. He goes seven innings in both of his starts, allows one combined run. Ooh, I like the very specifics, but I'm right with you. You're right. How do you not pick the Yankees? Uh, and then, but you have to respect the Astros, and you have to respect this. If the Yankees win, it's likely to go seven, and it lines up that if it goes seven, the Garrett Cole is going to be on the mound for the Yankees, and you take that every time. If that, that's what you signed him for. That's what you needed to be. Yankees in seven. I'll let you pick the amount of runs. I don't care if he gives up seven runs as long as we score fucking eight. Uh, the Yankees need to they need to out homer the Astros. I think is a huge key. You know, and a lot of a lot of chatter about getting some singles and getting hits with scoring runners in scoring positions, which is great. Would love to see that too. But in the end, you got to hit home runs. Last fifty games of Major League Baseball playoffs, the team that hit the more home most home runs in a game are forty two and eight. Hitting home runs is huge. Yankees have the most home runs in baseball. Hitting home runs is what beat them versus the Indians. If, if the Cleveland Guardians, if the Guardians were able to get one of those bloop singles to left field to be a home run, they'd probably win the series. They had the second least home runs in, in baseball. The Yankees had the first most home runs in baseball, and they out-homered them. That's why they won. You know, good pitching is key. Bullpen is key. Everything is key here. Put the ball over the wall. That's the key for the Yankees. Get Garrett Cole the ball in Game 7. Go to the World Series, and then we'll chat then. I love the plan. I I really believe this is finally the year, and I think they knock Justin Verlander around in one of these games. Uh, they hit him pretty. They hit him decent in the 2019 ALCS game five. He gave up three or four runs. I think they chase him before the fifth in in one of these games. That's my other bold prediction. But like I said, the Astros have many other solid starting pitchers. They they have McCullers. They have Valdez. Christian Javier is coming out of the bullpen. I wouldn't be surprised to see him make a start this series. Garcia has got some 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 weird stuff to him that could could throw some gas. There, there, there's there's you know, there's guys all around here. The bullpen is still pretty good. It's a good good roster, and it's going to be a battle. It's going to be earned, uh, and it's time for the Yankees to go earn it. Yeah, you were down two one to Cleveland, came back and won it, earned it. Time for the league championship series. Let's get to that World Series, Sam. Let's get it, Steve. I am so psyched. Uh, We're going to be here with you guys all throughout it. I I can't wait, Steve. Go Yanks. Go Yanks. Thanks for listening, guys.